welcome everyone to this week's episode, our 100th anniversary episode of Grapplecast. It is me, your host, Taryn, and I am joined, as always, for our 100th episode by Jamie, Joe and Dan. Happy 100th episode, guys. What a boot happy anniversary. So what do you want to talk about? Well, I don't know if I've mentioned it, but it's our 100th episode. We've been doing the podcast now for just over two years, is it? Yeah, um, over two years. Yeah, wow, and I can't believe it. We got to 100 episodes. Who would have thought, Joe, that when we started this oh, just over two years ago, we'd make it to 100 episodes, eh? Yeah, I was thinking about this the other day, actually. Like, we started this in the... The pandemic. Does everyone remember that? Like back in COVID times, just to like for something to do, we started talking about wrestling. And they went, you know what? This would be a really good idea if we started recording this. And then we recorded it, and then I think we've come a long way. I I can say definitely for myself, like I was very nervous when I first started doing this. I didn't know what to say, didn't know how to flow. I find now it just it's easy. I look forward to it every week. I tell people I do a podcast at work, and then people. Are, um, who I've met out and about, I know in bands go, I've listened to your wrestling podcast, it's really good. And I've met people who actually listen to us. I was like, that's really strange to me. But cool. Well, well, we're gaining new listeners and subscribers all the time. So I know everybody will want to say, but on behalf of everyone, we want to say thank you to everyone for the last two and a half years, for the last 100 episodes, to anybody who's subscribed or, or just streamed, just listened to the show, whether it be over Spotify, Amazon Prime, and anything like that, or if you have downloaded it on any particular platform. If you haven't subscribed, why not get subscribing and get <laughs> downloaded? But yeah, over the last two and a half years, I've got, I've got a breakdown here. We've had listeners and subscribers and downloads from, obviously, from the UK, um, specifically, it says here from England, Wales, and Northern Ireland. Never Scotland. What's going oh, on there? Unless, of course, the system. Um, but the US, we've had Oregon, Texas, Ohio, New York, oh. Pennsylvania, Iowa, Virginia, North Carolina, New Jersey, Illinois, Michigan, oh. Florida, Tennessee, oh. Nevada, Missouri, Massachusetts, oh. Kentucky, Georgia, California, Alabama, New Mexico, oh. Nebraska, Mississippi, Louisiana, Kansas, Connecticut, oh. and Arizona, oh, and Arkansas oh. as well. Wow. <laughs> We've had Germany, Russia, and Canada, specifically Quebec, Alberta, and Ontario. Singapore, India, Venezuela, Mexico, Uruguay, Puerto Rico, Poland, the Philippines, New Zealand, Japan, Israel, Croatia, Chile, Brazil, Belgium, and Australia. Thank you to every country and state that I have mentioned there. You have kept us going for the last two and a bit years for the last 100 episodes and i'm exhausted now after naming all of that <laughs> dear me can you name the capitals of all of them though i know you can but <laughs> we'll still be here for another hour um but yeah again thank you to everybody and 
I, I don't know if I can keep going for that long, but here's to another two and a bit years. Here's to another 100 episodes. You're only a part-timer, a part-timer anyway. Well, so that's it true, matter, yeah. You. I do tend to have every other week off at the minute. What can I say? I have a I have a son now. He's he's a year old next month. That time has gone Hey, i got crazy. Hogwarts Legacy to play. I'm still here. Do you know what? She's been winding me up because I'm not a Harry Potter fan. But yeah, it does, are. it does, I'm not, she is. But it does look really good, and I do want to play it. Don't get me wrong, I've seen the films, I haven't read the books, but I've seen the films, so I, I get the general gist of it. But the game does look incredible, and I, I mm. you know, I do like MMO type games anyway, and role playing games in, in that sense. So I will get it, but I, I've said to her, I'm not getting it until the end of this month, beginning of next month, because I need to complete God of War Ragnarok. <laughs> I'm about three quarters of the way through now. Um, but yes, anyway. That is a classic Slytherin answer, that is. Well, uh, apparently I'm... He doesn't even know what a Slytherin is. It's it's a house, and I'm Ravenclaw, I think. Uh, I say I'm Ravenclaw. We've established this on the podcast before. I'm not, because it's not real. It doesn't exist. But, yeah, apparently on Pottermore, and apparently if you link your Pottermore account to... Hogwarts Legacy, it puts you in the... Uh, anyway, this is a wrestling podcast <laughs> and it's the... I don't think I've mentioned it yet, it's the 100th episode I mean, and what... Better go on. I was just going to say as well, I can't... Like, for the 100th episode, I decided to get you all a gift as well. Oh? Because it's like, how can you do a 100th celebration <clears throat> without acknowledging Brad! And here he is! It's Brad! No, he's not here. (laughs) No, I nearly did ask him. I nearly did say, Brad, if you've got an hour free on Thursday, do you want to pop over and suspend on guests? I did actually speak to Brad in work, and he said he would have, but he's um, Brad's not not very well at the moment, so we're sending our best wishes to Brad. Oh, dear, we do send our best wishes over to Brad. Hope you're listening, Brad. He's not. He hasn't listened to our podcast since he left us, like, two months in, I'm sure. But who knows? If you are Brad, hello. Hope you keep him well. You're not, you're ill, but get better soon. Right. On 100th episode, what better way to celebrate 100 episodes with the fact that we've got Elimination Chamber coming up this Saturday. So uh, second half of the show today, we will give, of course, our preview, our predictions, that type of thing. Um, But for the first half, we thought we'd have a look at wrestling as a whole. And because it's our 100th episode and our anniversary, We'll take a look at our favourite moments and matches from wrestling since we've been born and before, of course. Um, yeah, and we, we said, didn't we, before, and because when we tend to look at similar types of things like this when we've done it before, we tend to come up with similar lists or, or the same. So we've tried to stay clear by having individual ones without overlapping. So we'll see how we go with that. But yeah, just an open discussion. Bring your favourite moments and matches to the table and any honourable mentions that you've got. I think we said we'd, we'd stick to specifically three and then any honourable mentions from there, didn't we? So, I mean, it's it's a pick of a, it's a pick of a sorting hat it is. Who wants to go first? So somebody just throw one out there and say, let's go with it. I think there's only one way to start it. And that's with a good old invasion, Taryn. The invasion itself. What you mean, yeah. the invasion that could and should have been so much better if certain people were bought out of their contracts? Yeah, if their contracts weren't so crap. I mean, we actually, Joe and I went back and watched the last ever episode of Nitro, 
Um, I've never watched it all the way through. Obviously, we've all seen that clip of going, that contract did say McMahon. And I'm lying here in Panama City. But all the way through, I didn't realise that they're actually cutting to Raw. They were having like Trish Stratus was backstage with um, Vince McMahon. And like William Regal even said, oh, why do you want to buy that company? I worked there. They're bloody awful. Um, but the matches on there, some of them were good. You had Sting versus uh, Ric Flair in the final match. But some of the matches were absolutely dreadful. They had Sean Stasiak versus One Man Gang in a tattoo match where if Sean Stasiak lost, he had to get a tattoo and he didn't lose. So there's absolutely no point in them having the match at all. And Rey Mysterio didn't have his mask on. Um, yeah, it was all over the shop. And there was like showing everybody there at the beach having fun. And the fans didn't really, really care. Like none of them were like, oh, screw you, Vince. Um, but yeah, it started the invasion. That's when I actually started like properly watching wrestling as well. So, you know, watching it week by week and seeing what was happening. Um, I know a lot of people crap on the storyline, but I actually enjoyed it. I think it for when you look back at it, and certainly if you were older than us, who, I mean, we're all in our early 30s, but if, if you're older than us and you um, had a bit more time to certainly watch WCW as it was on and the WWE, WWF at the time, and you knew of the powerhouses in WCW that weren't part of the storyline, certainly at the time, you looked at it a missed opportunity. Looking back, you do. You know, no Goldberg, no Hollywood Hulk Hogan, no Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, you know, this type of thing, no Sting. Um, but I think for me and for us, if I can speak for all of us, it almost feels like it was fantastic at the time because we were young enough to know what was going on but not know what was going on at the same time but because we weren't necessarily aware of who was or who rather wasn't part of the storyline or who should have been part of the storyline it was still great it was still quite magical to watch and even though you know we even when we were younger we were what 11 12 at that time we you know we we still knew it's a scripted show or at least i hope we all did um no it's still real to me damn it. it's still real to me damn it <laughs> But it still did feel fantastic. There is a company here, a rival company that are invading, you know, the company that we love. I assume we are all WWF fans rather than WCW fans to an extent at that time, just being the age that we were, Mm. you know, but we knew of WCW and the entity that they were and the powerhouse that they were. Oh my God, I can't believe it. They're invading the WWF. Anything can happen. And to an extent, anything was happening there were the way that they built it yes the star power wasn't necessarily there in wcw and that's why they had to draft over stone cold kurt angle that type of thing over to the alliance wcw and the and ecw let's not forget they were part of it to an extent um they still gave them the upper hand on certain weeks you know they were constantly on episodes of raw and smackdown getting one over the wwf guys they had the invasion pay-per-view where the alliance went over um overall went over the wwe and had stone cold defect by the time it got to survivor series i still go back and you know and i haven't included necessarily one of my match favorite matches but maybe i should have it as an honorable mention i still go back and watch that survivor series traditional elimination yeah. match which company will win and you knew at the you know even back then at our age wwf were going to win because that vince mcmahon has bought the com- bought the company bought wcw he owns the intellectual properties of ecw but uh, you still get goosebumps watching it. i still get goosebumps when kurt angle comes down grabs the belt 
and hits Stone Cold with it, and everyone goes mental. He's like, oh, he's turned, and The Rock wins, and Vince and McMahon Jericho comes out. And Jericho as well, doesn't he? Like, Jericho he turns on The Rock. And you think, oh, what? Yeah, and Vince McMahon comes out at the end with his arms up. That that was great. I think that's a very good shout for one of the, you know, best moments. Missed opportunities to an extent, but certainly one of the best moments, and most memorable moments. It's it, it, it's a landmark moment. In you see that we all knew that, that, you know, what had happened, but I mean, back then, when we were younger, I remember... I couldn't stay up and watch it. I needed to know the result. The minute I woke up, I, I you know, put the dial-up on and I typed in www.com and nothing was loading. I started to worry. And then I typed in www.com and then it automatically reverted to www.com. So I knew then. Uh, but, you know, you're waiting. And straight after, the down. week after, we need a new GM. And then they brought in the Ric Flair storyline. Lethal Oaks to Poison, NWO then come in. So it actually started some good storylines from there but I'll always remember the invasion I'll always go back and watch um as you mentioned that Survivor Series that invasion show because yeah okay they didn't have you know we didn't have things like Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle you know Goldberg versus um Stone Cold Steve Austin Undertaker um versus Sting we didn't have those iconic matches but we did have Sean Stasiak versus Spike Dudley so I mean what would you well, like we can be all eternally grateful for that that changed the landscape of the business it certainly did give us a moment or a match Joe um, my moment is um, Mick Foley versus Undertaker. Mick Foley being thrown off Hell in the Cell. It's iconic. It's played all the time. Mick Foley is my favourite wrestler. He was always a good wrestler. I'm, I don't know if it's necessarily something he's proud of. Like He's talked in a lot of interviews that he kind of regrets doing it, but it's so iconic now. It's played every time there's a Hell in the Cell match. He's always played that clip of him falling off. You know, People legitimately thought he was dead. It's... <clears throat> It's just like ingrained in my memory, like since I was a youngster. As Dan said, we started watching wrestling properly in like the 2000s, but I always had like VHS tapes to remember then um, from the video store for Blockbuster. And I always used to rent WWF tapes, and I bought that paper. I bought that pay per view specifically for that match because I heard about it. I was like, I need to watch this. I feel for me. It's the match I show people for two reasons. One, when people go, oh, I'm, I'm not a wrestling fan. How can you be a wrestling fan? Or, or, or they say, like, you know, show me show me why you're a wrestling fan. That, that type of thing. I show them that match, even though it's 20-odd years old. It was, what, 1998. I show them that for the spectacle side of things. But on, a, on the flip side, when people go, oh, wrestling's fake, they don't even hurt each other, whatever, how do you do it? That's the match I show them for that as well. So it's it's so iconic for a number of reasons, and you can, it stands the test of time. I mean, let's be honest, as far as a wrestling match goes, as far as the wrestling, there isn't much of it. You know, I'd much rather show them a Kurt Angle, William Regal, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Owen Hart match, as, as far as a wrestling standpoint goes. But for an actual match that you just look at it and go, wow, not for the wrestling capabilities of it, for the entertainment, because that's what it is at the end of the day, part of it, that's always the match I'll show down. No, no, I don't blame you. And to be honest, the things leading up to it, um, you know, is Mick retiring? Is he not retiring? I think he was retiring every other week at that standpoint. Um, but it was the, the moment, you know, the, the thing with Mick Foley, um, WCW clearly said on their television, oh, don't tune into WWE tonight. It's taped. Mick Foley wins their championship. That guy that we got rid of as Cactus Jack. 
you know, it'd been boiling for a while. And bringing in those Hell in a Cell matches, that is probably the most iconic Hell in a Cell match you'll ever watch. We're likely going to get another one this year with Edge and Finn Balor. Um, but none of them will ever top that one. You know, there's everything that you need. He gets carried out. He comes back in. He gets back put through the top of the cell there again. I think you said he lost teeth, broke some bones. And, and apparently like, the cell wasn't supposed to break. Yeah, yeah as well. Because they say, don't they, that's the one that the wrestlers respect the most. I mean, the first one, just for the iconic shot, I mean, you are throwing somebody off however tall that was. can't remember how many feet. Literally picking up and throwing it. I mean, He's the fact no that he... witness, he is broken in heart. The fact that he landed on that table is actually a bit of a miracle in itself because I don't think they certainly didn't have any markers up there. I think, right, you need to be at this spot at this angle for me to throw you. He just said, I'm sure he just said, oh, when we get to the top, just, you know, throw me off towards the table. I mean, he didn't. Thank God he landed on that table to slightly break his fall. I mean, it still broke his ribs and whatnot, didn't it? And then when he gets back dropped off, you know, threw it onto the mat, the wrestlers say, don't they? That's the one they respect the most because of how hard. That Matt is incredible. Good, good pick, Joe. Give us a moment, Jamie, or a match. I mean, you're talking about moments in wrestling that basically changed how everything went. You obviously got the WWE and WCW storyline, but obviously, I think the most important one in regards to all of that is obviously WCW was beating WWE in the ratings for so many, what, 83, 82 weeks, sorry, was it? 83 weeks. 83 weeks, that's right, the first time, shouldn't have corrected myself. Um, But obviously, the turning point was the Attitude Era. Obviously, I can't just put the Attitude Era as a whole, because there were some god-awful moments in the Attitude (laughs) Era as well. But um, it's obviously the birth of Stone Cold Steve Austin. You talk about your psalm you talk about john 316 well austin 316 just said i whipped your ass which is basically the start of the attitude era and you got everything from stone cold steve austin from after that so talking about the biggest turning point in wrestling that definitely has to be in the conversation i think most people will put it in their conversation as one of the most pivotal moments in the history of wrestling but yeah if i had to pick one stone cold steve austin moment no it will be a smackdown with booker t in a supermarket just imagine there was no Stone Cold Steve Austin the landscape I mean you can point that from many different wrestlers or many different storylines but honestly the landscape of wrestling would have changed and it would have changed in respect of WCW as well because you know you can argue that Stone Cold almost single-handedly is carried to start the downfall of WCW with the involvement of things like Mike Tyson um, yeah. You know, in his matches, then we show Michaels and Bret Hart. I mean, Greatest that's Stone Cold. Ever. Well, there you go. Apart from seventeen. Um, oh, oh, um, yeah. No Stone Cold. He doesn't really bear thinking about, does it? But then again, you you look at different companies and their trajectories. I mean, they had Stone Cold. If you look at WCW, they had Steve Austin was there, Mick Foley was there. You know, it's how you use people. And I think you're looking at. The day and age now with WWE and AEW is how you use people. You look at Cody Rhodes and he was not floundering. They weren't wanting to do anything with him, didn't want to give him the world title, even though he's an EVP. Now he's going to WWE, he's about the main event WrestleMania. Um, but you look at it here, there, and everywhere people going across different countries. Look at John Moxley, he was sporadically the world champion. I think he held it for about a couple of months, but now he's gone across the AEW and he's held their title for you know, the, the longest period, the most amount of time. So, yeah, it's it's how companies use people. And WCW had Austin. You know, they had, they had um, Mick Foley. 
Um, the Rock, I think, was a pivotal moment, you know, unless he went heel and joined the Nation of Domination. That helped the Attitude Era as well. You know, we've all got fond memories of the Attitude Era. They had a lot of crap in the Attitude Era as well. Don't forget Duke, the Jumps, the Drozzy, the, the Hockey Goon. They tried a lot of rubbish as well. Okay. I, what was the one I heard um, the other day? I think it was Maven, not Maven, Mabel. And he was like with Slick or with somebody like that. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Mabel when he, before he was Viscera and Big Daddy V. Mabel King Mabel. Yeah. Don't you want yeah, King of the Ring? Don't forget. Why isn't that on everyone's greatest moment? Mabel, King Mabel. I mean, we've only said one. Well, it could, <laughs> yeah, be on. could be spoiling it, yeah. I mean, the history of why he's not in the Hall of Fame. Actually, we, we know why he's not in the Hall of Fame. But you never know. Watch his <laughs> face. they got the nominations coming out soon. That's very true. Right. Well, I'm happy to say that my first pick is going to shock the world because oh. he is none other than... The shock, of course, it's not the shock. <laughs> um, I am quite topically, actually, it's just the way that it, it's landed this week. Favourite moments last match, it's actually a match. For me, is the first ever Elimination Chamber at Survivor Series 2001. The um, Elimination Chamber! 12 uh, tons of steel! I said 2001, I of course mean 2002. Because 2001 was... The invasion, two thousand and two. I mean, it apart from Bischoff's the fact that creation, it was Eric Bischoff's creation. Apart from the writers in the back, but it was Eric <laughs> Bischoff's creation. Um, I mean, the event actually, the, the pay per view as a whole, is actually a very good event anyway overall. Um, so it's pretty solid in that. Um, there's quite a decent. Is it two on one match or is it a tag? Three minute warning. Wait a minute. Oh. Did um, say? Rosie and Jamal. Oh, yeah, and Rico versus, is it Jeff and Bubba Ray? So it's a three on two. And Matt, uh, yeah, Jeff Hardy comes back. I think it was Matt and Bubba Ray. And then Jeff ended up coming up and making a return or something. It's Devon who returns at the end. It's in Madison Square Garden, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, Jeff and, it's Jeff and Bubba Ray. And then at the end, Devon comes back and reunites. That's the, the one with Brock Lesnar versus uh, The Big Show. And it is for the title. And Brock Lesnar. It is, but specifically the Elimination Chamber, I still think that holds up as the best chamber for me. I know we've probably had about 20, 25 chamber matches. Now, to me, that's still the best one. The competitors that were in it, you know, yes, it was the first one, so it was new for everyone, but they utilise the cell really well without overdoing it. You know, they utilise the pods and threw people into the pods. Yeah, RVD um, utilises it so well. He blew out his knee. Blew out his knee. Um, star study, do you add... Um, saliva singing king of my world to get jericho jericho's entrance and of course let's not forget it was Shawn michaels first world championship uh, world heavyweight championship oh. his first world title since he came back from his from his injury um again very much like you said joe when you you go back a lot and watch the hell in the cell match whenever i feel like watching an elimination chamber match i always go back and and watch that one um I just think now it's it's too much of a like the hell in the cells kind of got it's too much of a gimmick and when you're having these gimmick pay-per-views named after matches I know they've allegedly said they're getting away from the hell in the cell pay-per-views who knows if they're going to get away from the elimination chamber ones but it loses its appeal when it's every year and it's a couple of matches on the same night and before you know it you've gone from having one a year to two or three of them a year and then there's 30 Elimination Chamber matches to look on. And you go, oh, well, pick your best. I honestly can't remember three quarters of them, but I always remember the first one. That's on my list. Give us another, Dan. 
yeah, so it's following on from the invasion. Obviously, I, I know I slightly mentioned it in with the invasion information, but they started signing WCW people. Um, like I said, Ric Flair came back in, but then they brought in that lethal dose of poison. They brought in the NWO and they brought in Scott Hall, Kevin Nash and Hollywood Hulk Hogan. And part of bringing them back in had two of the best matches at WrestleMania, the best WrestleMania, WrestleMania 18. But the moment that I would pick, it's not Steve Austin versus Scott Hall, although that was one of the best sells we've ever seen for a stunner. It has to be Austin versus The Rock. You know, you've got The Rock going in as the big baby face. You know, he's he's hot commodity. The entire company loves him. And you've got Hulk Hogan, who's the bad guy who was the enemy for so long. But in the match, everybody was cheering Hulk Hogan. They're finally seeing Hogan at a, a, you know, another WrestleMania. You know, they haven't seen him since, what, WrestleMania 9? So that moment there where they had to listen to the crowd, they could hear how electric they are. You know, it was, and it was so massive. It was one of these matches that should have gone on last. And then Jericho and Triple H had to try and follow him afterwards. And the crowd were absolutely knackered. Yeah, they should have gone on last. Um, so it is it is the case that that is like one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. You know, the, the actual moves itself weren't the best. Um, but the actual match, you know, seeing the two of them in that ring, the iconic moment of seeing them, like looking at the crowd, you know, they tried to re- reproduce it with Cena versus the rock at WrestleMania 27 and it, you know, it didn't work as well, but everyone's always going to remember that. If you say our oh, name, no words of WrestleMania, that's always going to be in people's like top five or top 10 moments of all time. I know that from listening to Jim Cornette's podcast, it would have been on his experience podcast. He very much praises that match, not for the wrestling capabilities because it's poor from that standpoint, but he praises the rock because obviously the rock was going into the match as the baby face Hulk Hogan as the heel, and like yourself said then, Dan, within a few minutes, the crowd flipped because it was Hogan and Mania. They were booing The Rock. They were cheering Hogan. And, you know, Jim Cornette has said The Rock in the ring during the match, within the first five minutes, realised what was happening and completely changed his character and flipped into that heel role and did it so well when, you know, five minutes before he was coming out thinking he was going to wrestle a 15-minute 20 minute match, however long it was, complete baby face, and he had to adapt into that role. And, you know, he does it so well, it's the rock, isn't it? And everybody loved Hogan. And yeah, good, good choice. Have you got a, have you got another for us, Joe? Yeah, it's another WrestleMania match. It's um, Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels retirement match. What a match that was, like, absolute epic moment. You know, Shawn Michaels, one of the best wrestlers to ever do. Also, Ric Flair, one of the best to ever do it. Two greats of this world. And then, you know, the end bit, I'm sorry, I love you. And switch your music um, to his retirement. What a match that was. It's like one of the best WrestleMania matches of all time. It keeps getting played again and again and again. And you can go back and watch it today. You know, it's a couple of years old now and it still stands up, I think. Do you think there's an argument to say that the legacy of it is slightly diminished by the fact that they both came out of retirement and had further matches? I mean, one thing for Ric Flair is he's never had another match in WWE. He had some TNA matches and then he obviously had his last ever match, which may or may not be his last ever match last year. (laughs) But then Shawn Michaels has to come back for... You know, he said, I'll be the one person that never comes out of retirement and then had that terrible Saudi Arabia tag match. He's about to be having another match WrestleMania weekend. Have you heard about this? It's You're obviously not watching then. 
You're not watching NXT at the moment, are you? I'm not, no. I know it's Jinder be... Mahal versus Bron Breaker is next week, is it? Well, um, they're having every week now a guy called Grayson Waller who's going to be absolutely electric. They, they call him the next Miz, but he's actually can go better. Um, they like he's arguing with Shawn Michaels and Shawn Michaels keeps suspending him. So everyone's saying that Shawn Michaels is going to have an unsanctioned match at Stand and Deliver, which is like the show before WrestleMania on the Saturday. It's got like a 10 a.m. start time. So to get people in a massive arena, like a five, six thousand people arena, they're um, saying that they might have Shawn Michaels, Grayson Waller unsanctioned match, which would be absolutely insane. I, I, I watch it out of morbid curiosity. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Jamie, what have you got for us? Um, I'm trying to think now. Um, what did I say? Oh yeah, I was talking about Shawn Michaels. <laughs> you all know what's coming. Cyber Sunday, two thousand and six, a night that will live in infamy for the greatest moment in wrestling history, and that is with Shawn Michaels just backstage with Triple H voting on who should be. The special guest referee in their match. Would it be Bischoff? Will it be Coachman? Oh, I can't remember who the third one was. I should have watched the promo. Is it like Regal or someone? Possibly. And then basically, they're like, well, you can't pick Eric Bischoff because he said, you're not controversial enough. And Sean's like, what? What are you about? I'm the one who put Bret Hart in the sharpshooter, you know. And you, you're the one who married what's her name? What's her name? <laughs> he goes, I know. He just said it was mainly you, he says. And he goes, What? I don't believe this. Hey, you, what's your name? And then good old Sean Spears goes, uh, Stan. And he goes, Stan, okay. And then just switching music's him right in the face and goes, See, I just kick Stan. And then literally just goes on a rampage going down the hall and then literally just super kicking two or three more people paper flying everywhere what a time to be alive it's the greatest promo ever and that's well, what that's inspired better. that's what inspired the young bucks to become professional wrestlers oh so that we should all be completely it, devastated it's a great moment like literally and you can tell as well because triple h is just absolutely pissing himself he can't keep a straight face and then he ends it by just going, well, I don't know if it's controversial, but it sure as hell is funny. <laughs> it's a perfect it's a perfect promo for DX. I know it is very good. It's a very good because DX, DX like I said, they've got obviously the DX from the nineties where they're obviously they're a bit more famous. And then you had the really PG version of DX when they came back and reunited. And this is one of their strongest promos since they reunited, uh, besides like dumping. Uh, poopy on a spirit squad Me. so you know exactly so yeah what a moment and it has to go in there it's one of my favourite promos of all time I could watch it any time, any day it's Fantastic. great right talking about changing landscapes my next pick in wrestling is from WCW and it is of course the debut of the outsiders in WCW the debut of both Scott Hall and Kevin Nash separate weeks a week in each we've of course got the inf- well two infamous lines one from each week we've got <laughs> the debut of Scott Hall we have with what in the hell is he doing here 
<laughs> but he's got every right to be here. It's a public mall. That makes me crack up every time. Um, and just the shot. Imagine being old enough at that time to appreciate wrestling and Scott Hall, you know, Razor Ramon, who only a few weeks ago was on WWF TV, walks in, in, in basically in his own clothes and basically says, I'm here. I'm here to invade. And what are you going to do about it? That would have been absolute. That like the equivalent of that now would be like, I don't know, like John Cena just appearing on Dynamite next week. Well, you know, I think it doesn't. Well, it would. A bit People too much. Like, well, well, it would. It would have been. It'd be absolutely shocking. And then of well, course, it'd be more like Roman happen. Reigns, wouldn't it? Because John Cena's like been gone for ages. Well, like Roman Reigns. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I'm here. What are you going to do about it? And then the week after Kevin Nash appearing with the other infamous line. Uh, Look at the adjective, play. play. We ain't here to play. I mean, calling the word play an adjective is just hilarious because now they always cut that line out when they re-show that clip on WWE TV. <laughs> so what a, what a way to botch. Play, huh? This is where the big boys play, huh? Look at the adjective, play. We ain't here to play. No, you're not because it's not an adjective. Anyway, just... You know, we, we said, you know, imagine there was no Stone Cold. Imagine this didn't happen. Imagine that, you know. Imagine that there was no Scotland. Well, exactly. And that was the birth of the NWO. You know, a month or two later, Hulk Hogan joins them. They create the NWO. Well, for the next 10 years, you know, we've got a faction that absolutely dominate, dominates professional wrestling. Um, you know, if, if that didn't happen, WCW was specifically Nitro could very much have stayed in in the kind of era that WWF was at the time, where it was these larger-than-life superhero gimmicky-type characters. The fact that they came in under their real names, bringing a bit of realism to it, people were thinking, wow, when they were in the WWF, they literally were playing characters. They were playing Diesel. They were playing Razor Ramon. They've now come into this. They're using their real names. It must be real. They must really be invading. What a, what a time to be a wrestling fan that would have been. You know, you can appreciate that of us watching it back now. We would have been five, six years old at that time, you know, that type of age. Um, yeah, I can only imagine what it would have been like for a wrestling fan, especially being in that arena as well when Scott Hall appears. Well, everybody's attached to it. A lot of people are comparing like the bloodline. You know, everybody's wearing a bloodline T-shirt. It's cool to be a bloodline fan. But back then it was cool to be an NWO fan. You're walking around, you got an NWO. You had to pick. Are you NWO or are you WCW? And everyone had to pick. And I remember Jericho was saying in his um, autobiography, they actually asked him to be an NWO. He's like, well, no, you know, let me be one of the people that can feud against them because they, they needed a good mixer. Uh, but I think near the end of it, three quarters of the roster were NWO and it just lost its yeah, sizzle. Everyone was NWO. And that was the issue, yeah. So they made the Wolfpack then, didn't they? The Wolfpack, yeah. It is. Right. Have you got another one for us, Dan, then? I'll last, um, go around and see what people have got. Yeah, so think, uh, thinking and talking about uh, super factions, um, we always remember we are wild and young. The NXT, the original birth wild. of NXT. <laughs> Lord. I really enjoyed it. I, I watched it every single week. You had the coaches we teaching. One, we were one. We were that together. Number one, number one, the chosen one. Yeah, I loved it. And I loved the fact that there was pros. And you had, like, Jericho. He was, like, looking after Wade Barrett. And then you had um, Daniel Bryan was being looked after Chris Jericho. Um, the Miz. You know, they were... Oh, yeah, it was The Miz. Um, oh, was, Chris Jericho had... Um, Chris Jericho Wade was Barrett. Wade Barrett. 
Yeah, yeah. and then so but there was a feud one. The first ever match was Chris Jericho versus Daniel Bryan. They were all saying, "Oh, Daniel Bryan's always voted number one because he's got the best wrestling talent. He can cut promos like he should be on the roster." But then Michael Cole was crapping on him on commentary and all sorts. Um, but ultimately, Daniel Bryan was the first one eliminated from the show. Um. Yeah. Which is very strange, but ultimately it culminated in Way Barrett winning the first season of NXT, and then he comes to Raw to basically, I think they said that he gets a title shot for winning it, and he gets a contract and goes to Raw. So he said, okay, I'm going to go for against John Cena. Um, but all of a sudden, all these people come out of the crowd, and it's the other contestants from the first season of NXT, and Daniel Bryan's even with them, um, and they beat everybody up. They, they destroy the entire set, and it's the birth of the Nexus. Like The Nexus itself could have been so much better than it actually was. I think um, half the people from NXT season two ended up joining the Nexus as well. You had um, Bray the White. Core. Yeah, Bray White ended up joining them as well, didn't he? Um, there was a couple other people who ended up going in with them. I think Curtis Axel was in with them as well. Um, but the original carnation of, of Nexus, you know, it's one of those iconic images. And ultimately, it did lead to a really good match between, well, a couple of good matches. There was John Cena versus Wade Barrett where John Cena lost and had to join the Nexus. And we also had that seven-on-seven tag match at SummerSlam, which saw Bret Hart in the match, and it saw Daniel Bryan, and it saw John Cena in the match. It was a good um, match, but it was yeah. a terrible, terrible decision to have Team WWE go over. Yeah, it should have been the Nexus going over, because it would have elevated yeah. all of them. All of, of a sudden, you was. saw Michael Carver was being picked off, Dave Detungo was being picked off, uh, Heath Slater. And yeah, some of them have had an OK career. You look at um, Wade Barrett, he's had a great sort of career and follow on from it but a lot of them have kind of fizzled out I mean Justin Gabriel's doing well on the indies um but they could have been a lot bigger um I know a few of them went on to win some tag titles afterwards but like you said if they won that match at SummerSlam it would have elevated them they could have they could essentially put the title on Wade Barrett as well but I think they toyed around with um Cena screwing over uh, Randy Orton in that title match later that year they never put the rocket onto him but I don't see why they they hadn't I know that we had Drew McIntyre as the first ever UK-born world champion. But I think that would have been the right time to put it on someone like a Wade Barrett. And I think he had the momentum as a super heel for it as well. Good champ. Have you got another one for us, Joe? Yeah, a moment for me is uh, Chris Jericho's debut. Like, they were doing the countdown to the Millennium, the Millennium Mountain, like, oh, 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 oh. like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And he comes out and he interrupts the Rocks promo, like, even now, all these years later, it's like voting them one of the best like debuts of all time. They were running vignettes on it for weeks and weeks and weeks, and it's just like it's just like the best debut ever. I don't think any more needs to be said about that, really, does it? I completely agree. Jamie, have you got another one for us? Yeah, I mean, I was thinking of this. One like I always love watching videos of like the greatest pops in like the history of WWE and wrestling as a whole. A few come to mind when we're talking about the greatest pops. Um, I will just say because we're all talking just WWE specifically, I will mention just a quick. AEW I mentioned WCW. I'll have you know. Uh, but obviously you got Adam Cole's debut uh, on AEW when he came out, and everyone's thinking it was Daniel Bryan and the the cheer that Adam Cole came out. You've got one of the biggest cheers ever for Money in the Bank 2011 with CM Punk in Chicago in his hometown. And basically his contract was expiring the next day and he beat John Cena for the title and the crowd just absolutely went mental. Triple H's return uh, after so many long years out. Goosebumps. 
but the one for me, it, this is always up there. And anybody asked me, this might surprise you, I don't know if you actually know this. My absolute favourite moment in the whole of WWE is a Monday night after WrestleMania. Oh. And it is, ooh, my ankle hurts, he says. Ooh, my ankle hurts. <laughs> and then... I'm here to show the world. I'm here to show the world. Come on. The greatest cashing in history. Dolph Ziggler comes out. It is the greatest cashing. I think Alberto Del Rio hits him. You've got AJ Lee and Biggie outside losing their minds. And just the pure passion for finally to have Dolph Ziggler have his moment and win the title. It's one of my favourite moments. If, if not the, my favourite moment in the history of the WWE. Dolph Ziggler cashing in and winning his first title. It's iconic. I love it. I feel bad for even not thinking about that one, to be honest. But I completely <laughs> agree with you. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll there's, finish... there's plenty of cashing moments. Like Seth Rollins cashing is really, really good. Oh, uh, Seth Rollins well. cashing at Mania is definitely going to be an honourable mention. Yeah. I've got a few honourable mentions. I've got CM Punk returning to wrestling in... AEW. Yes, an say, AEW one. Well yeah, done, uh, say, say what you will about it and him now or what's Again, that's a great you, pop as yeah. well. Well, exactly. You, you can't it hasn't ended. Back, He's back soon. I don't you tend, worry. I tend to agree with you, yeah. Um, Milko Mania, you know, you had... I mean, you can also talk about Stone Cold with the um, beer truck um, as well, along with that, and then Kurt Angle with Milko Mania. Um, going back to CM Punk, let's not forget the pipe bomb on Raw, as real as it can get with still being scripted. Um, Brock Lesnar returning to WWE in um, 2016, I want to say. I can't remember now, whenever it was. Um when he came back, the Raw after Mania, and obviously John Cena was calling out The Rock after The Rock beat him, and Brock Lesnar came back, and yeah, crazy. You just it, talk it about Suplex slightly. City as well. 16 we German Suplex at SummerSlam against John Cena, just watching him get absolutely annihilated. <laughs> Suplex City, bitch! I feel... I mean, one for me is AJ Styles at the Rumble, because everyone's talked oh, about AJ yeah. Styles should be in WWE for years, and then... Could it be? It is. <laughs> um, I, I feel TNA needs a mention as well. Um, Why? And, and, and it, well, <laughs> I mean, one of the bits that always stands out in my head was Elix Skipper on top of the cage. Um, when so he, bal- he balances, oh, you know, what I'm about. when he, ba- he balances along the top of the cage and then does like the Hurricane Run. I can't remember who two off the top. That was mental. He could have bloody fallen off either side. And Logan Paul's at the Rumble was better than that. Absolutely not. No way. Um, <laughs> but my final actual pick is a match, and it has to be one of the greatest wrestling matches of all time from WrestleMania 21, Kurt Angle versus Shawn Michaels. Well, I mentioned earlier when, you know, I'll show the Hell in a Cell meet for uh, Mankind's Undertaker match to people, but for from a wrestling standpoint, You've got to show them that much. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, probably sure, Jericho was bad. Probably my favourite wrestling match of all time. Absolutely not. Um, yeah, Kurt Angle, <laughs> Shawn Michaels. That's on there. Any more honourable mentions before we wrap up this part of our 100th episode? I will just quickly say one because it's one of the greatest matches in history, and it you're talking not. about you're talking about matches that you need to show people if you say why are you into wrestling kind of thing. It's TLC2 at WrestleMania. 
WrestleMania 17. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Alicia Fox versus Melina. Alicia Fox. Well, yeah. Well, no. that is one of the greatest of all time. You it's, just asked Cameron. And I mean, to be fair, TLC or TLC2, any of those triple threat TLC tag team matches. Obviously, we talk about iconic images, like with the Hell in a Cell and falling off it. Edge's spear to Jeff Hardy whilst he's hanging off it is one of the most iconic scenes in all of wrestling. And again, you could easily watch that match anytime because it is just so entertaining. Fantastic. Well, there we go then. What a way to celebrate our 100th episode with some quality moments. The question is, will we get any quality moments at this Saturday's premium live event, Elimination Chamber? Spoiler, probably not. No. However, as always, we have to have a look at the event, put our predictions down as part of our pay-per-view prediction league that we've run for the last two years. This is going into the third. So we know that after our Royal Rumble predictions, um, I'll just have a quick run through the score. We had myself, Joe and Dan on six points and Jamie on five. So only a point behind after the Royal Rumble. But it's a brand new event. We've got five. I nearly said quality matches. We've got five <laughs> matches. It could be quality. On offer, so there's um, five points in respect of this now. And two Elimination Chamber matches themselves. Um, one yeah. for a title and a number one contenders match as well. But let's go in no particular order. I mean, before we go into the matches themselves, are, are, we, are we are we hyped? Are you Can you get hyped and stay hyped as Mojo Rawley would have once said that? <laughs> where was he on the memorable list? Oh, Rob Gronkowski winning the title, where was that he on the ain't on list? Yeah, are we, are we, are we, <laughs> are we looking forward to it or is it a bit of a filler? I don't, I don't no, I'm looking forward to Elimination Chamber. I think the main thing is the Sammy versus Roman storyline. Uh, that has had so much going for it. Um, it's going to be interesting because, of course, like the Usos uh, are not, or one of the Usos can't get into Canada. So, in terms of interference, how does this give him his DUI? Yeah, um, so you've got to take that into consideration. But um, that storyline itself, uh, people almost wanted it just at WrestleMania and have a payoff then. But it's perfect. It, you know, this sound in Montreal of um, Sami Zayn coming out. Yeah, and he might be coming out to his old theme music as well. I've heard rumours of that. I think everyone's just going to be waiting all night for that. Yeah, the two chamber matches are going to be really good. The uh, the men's one, they've got some stars in there who've never been in elimination chambers before. They're going to do some high spots. I think we are going to see some great things. Um, I think it is quite a predictable um, elimination chamber, but I think it is going to set up a lot of things ready for Mania. Um, and I think the Canadian crowd are going to be absolutely electric. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Brilliant. All right, then. Let's have a look. Like I said, we'll go in no particular order. Let's go with let's go with the match that I found the most interesting. And I pick it as the most interesting because I'm still trying to work out why it's happening at Elimination Chamber and not at Mania for the rubber match, the third in the, you know, the trilogy fight. Because there's a plan. And that's, and that's Brock Lesnar versus... Bobby Lashley. So, I mean, I'll go first since I'm already talking. I'm not convinced the match is happening. So, it's difficult for me to pick a winner. Um, they mm. are one apiece, aren't they? I mean, you can yeah. you can say no contest and you'll get a point if it happens. Like, I, I, if we all I, pick I don't... Brock or Bobby, 
and you pick no contest, you get the point. Just but, saying. But from a no contest point of view, are we saying that the match happens, but they beat each other up so much that there's no winner, so they have to have another match at Mania? I just don't know why it's happening now and not at Mania. No contest Surely means none of them happen. win. Yeah, but I'm not convinced the match is going to happen. Well, they want um, they want Brock Lesnar versus uh, Walter at Mania. Don't know that's why it's happening now. I don't know. See, you shouldn't have told him that. He was going to no, go for I... no contest. <laughs> right. If if the match was to happen, Bobby Lashley goes over it and wins. I'm gonna I'm gonna put my neck out for the quality point. I'm gonna say, not even that it's no contest. Just the match doesn't happen because one of them, who got the upper hand over the other one on Raw, it was Bobby Lashley, didn't he? Brock he Lesnar does. is gonna Lashley's gonna come out first, and Brock Lesnar's gonna destroy him. Before the match even happens, the match won't take place. So it's it's null and void as it should have been when Liverpool won the Premier League. Um, it's it's going to be null and void. There will be no match, and therefore they will face each other at Mania in an unsanctioned, no holds barred, all this type of business type match, whatever. So yeah, the match ain't going to happen. So I'll have the point when it doesn't. That's my prediction, Joe. Yeah, I think it's a bit weird as well. Like, I don't know what the plans are for Brock Lesnar's dancing. There's, there's rumours about Walter. There's rumours. Um, there's like a few rumours about who he might face. But I'm I'm gonna go for a Bobby Lashley win because I'm like you. I I I don't know why Brock Lesnar's still in it. It's probably not going to happen, but for for argument's sake, I'm going to go Bobby Lashley. Good stuff. Right, give us it then, Dan. What's happening? Yeah, well, I've been enjoying this program. uh, Brock Lesnar's been doing that Bobby Who promo where he says that he went to bed with his wife and then five hours later he woke up and all he could think about was Bobby Lashley. Um, A really good promo. And then they did this like heel thing this week where there's loads of security guards and he's like, well, you're going to bring the contract to me. And then he beat him up. Like Bobby's doing a really good heel work with it. I think the hit business potentially reforming could be something that could be a good twist. But I've got a feeling that they might reform without Bobby Lashley and have someone like a Montez Ford as a centerpiece or um, like an Omos as a centerpiece. Um, I think that Brock Lesnar is going to win. And then I think Gunther's going to come out and like hold this title up. Basically, like, you're a big boy. I'm a big boy. Let's have a big boy match at WrestleMania. Um, the other rumour was that it was going to be Gunther versus Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. At WrestleMania, so they could go that avenue. But I think in terms of telling a storyline, it makes Brock Lesnar look strong. Bobby Lashley ultimately wanted to have the match to say he's had the match. But I think you need a face coming out um, on top on this one. So I'm going to have Bobby La- uh, Brock Lesnar walking out as the champ and winning. Surely, Jamie, it's what Dan said at Mania. It's um, Gunther versus Drew McIntyre versus Sheamus. So let's get rid of all this stupidity. It's going to happen at Mania, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. So the match mm. isn't taking place on Saturday, is it? Let, let's let's put a bit of credibility on this. Well, as a two-time champ, I am going to actually side here with Dan. I will go with a Brock Lesnar win. If I If they said to me, what match would you rather see? Would I rather see a triple threat match with Sheamus, Drew and... Gunter, or would I rather see Brock Lesnar versus Gunter? I'd rather see Brock Lesnar versus Gunter. He's just thinking like he's just had 
arguably the best performance in Royal Rumble history. Right. What better way to then credit him even more is beating Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania, the man who broke the Undertaker's streak, and basically to make himself the no pun intended, but the next big thing. Brock Lesnar. Mm. If if it is gonna be Brock Lesnar versus Walter or Gunter, whatever you want to call him, at WrestleMania, Brock's gonna go over. I mean, the only other way Brock uh, he could screw him out of the match, and that's how it happens. And Bobby Lashley does win. Um, but no, uh, for prediction purposes, Brock Lesnar will beat Bobby Lashley. I can't wait to get that point on Saturday. And you guys get nothing. You ain't that got match. a point. You get him relegated. It will not happen. It will not happen. Stoke are going to win. Don't even get me onto that. They will, though. The mixed tag team match. Edge and Beth Phoenix versus the team of Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley. The Judgment Day. Um. Yeah. I assume oh, this is difficult because I don't it's know. It's easy. No, it's not. Because this is the easiest match to predict of the entire <laughs> no, it, It's not. Who won because be so I'll ask you stupid. a question. Karen, I'll ask no you a question. Contest. Who won the Women's Royal Rumble? <laughs> yeah, the match will not take place. Who won um, the Women's Rumble? Rhea Ripley. So who's going to win the match? Well. This is the this is the route I'm going down. Is I assume the Judgment Day will win. Edge has come back. Beth Phoenix has come back for her, her first match in a year or two. Did she have a match at Mania last year? I can't remember. Anyway, <sighs> yeah, I agree with you in respect to the fact that Rhea Ripley won the Rumble, so ultimately she should get the cover over Beth Phoenix. However, if the rumours are true for Edge and Finn Balor to have a Hell in a Cell match at Mania, who calls the other one out to have the Hell in a Cell? I would assume it would be Edge saying, you got one over us on that, but face me and face me in a match that I, has he done quite well with him before? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. Edge, Edge and Beth Phoenix <laughs> don't win. The Judgment Day does for Edge to then call out Finn Balor for a Hell in a Cell match at Mania. It's nobody else's idea. It's all mine. The Judgment Day take the win. Rhea Ripley pinning Beth Phoenix. Joe. I agree. I think um, the Judgment Day are going to win this. Exactly the same. Rhea Ripley's just by the rumble. You've got to keep her strong for her match at WrestleMania. If she loses an elimination chamber, that doesn't make any sense. It's not going to hurt Beth Phoenix and Edge to lose this match. As you've said, it, it just builds up more of a rivalry between Finn Balor and Edge, and they're going to have their match to WrestleMania. Beth Phoenix will just, I don't know, she'll get injured. Not really, but you know, like, think she'll get injured in the match so she can't wrestle or whatever. I, I think the same as you get, uh, Rhea Ripley's going to pin Beth, and um, Finn Balor's going to make. Make, uh, make him watch, like make Edge watch Rhea Ripley pin in there or something like that. Like, oh, okay, I'm going to, last and for all, I'm going to have a match in a WrestleMania hand in the cell. Are you in agreement then, Dan? I'm yeah. sure you are. I'm <laughs> sure you are. 
Yeah, the Judgment Day are winning this one. I think it, it sets everything up. You know, you need Rhea Ripley coming out of the match strong. She's going against Charlotte Flair. She needs to look like a winner. And ultimately, it's, it moves it on the setup. Uh, Hell in the Cell match at WrestleMania. Oh, okay, fine. I'm bringing the, you know, the broodiness in me. Okay, well, I'm bringing the demon, demon in me. And it's going to be like a big match at WrestleMania. It's Because if it was the other way around in Edge 1, it basically puts a bookmark on that. And it's, okay, they, that's finished that storyline. But to move it on, it only makes sense for Judgment Day to come on top on this one. Are we in agreement, Jamie? Yeah. It's as simple as that. We move on. <laughs> to the our first of two Elimination Chamber matches for a, a Raw Women's Championship match at WrestleMania 39. So it's a number one contenders match. We have Asuka, Liv Morgan, evil is mine, Nikki Cross, evil is mine, Raquel Rodriguez, Natalia and Carmella. Hmm. Hmm. I assume the last two are going to be Asuka and Liv Morgan. No. Yes. And yeah, Asuka takes this. It's going to be Asuka versus Bianca Belair at WrestleMania 39. Get it booked. Get Asuka to take the title off Bianca Belair. Uh, she's stale. She's run her course. Get that bloody hair chopped off as well. Get that ponytail chopped off. Get it off. <laughs> Cut it off and donate it to charity. Ask her with a new, I say new, bringing it over from Japan, new to WWE persona. She takes the, in fact, she's going to single-handedly eliminate every competitor in, the, no, she's not, but Ask her is going to win this match. Ask her is my pick. Joe, I know you're going to agree. Yeah, if you asked me like two months ago who was going to win the Elimination Chamber, I would have said Raquel Rodriguez because she's had, she had a really good run lately. But then ever since Asuka's come back as this new character with this new paint and everything and this new attitude, when I saw the lineup, I was like, the last two is probably going to be Raquel Rodriguez and Asuka. Um, but I agree with you. Asuka versus Bianca Bella at WrestleMania, that's a killer match. She's got this new gimmick now where she's like Carter again and she's like a killer again. And like in NXT, she was unstoppable. She means this because the past couple of years, she's been a bit of a joke. And not that the other girls don't need it, but I think Asuka needs it more than anything because she was like the most, she had the most credibility before coming into WWE. She's kind of lost, lost her a bit. Dan, go on now. Yeah. You've got I, to agree. No, I do agree. I mean, my prediction was going to be Asuka, but I mean, you saying that Liv Morgan's going to be in the final two. Yeah, I definitely laugh at that. I think it is going to be Raquel Rodriguez. I mean, she was like, was so close to saying Raquel, but you can't have face versus face. Um, it doesn't make any sense. Like, if, if they, she had more of a heel persona, Raquel, I would say here, but Bianca Bella is like one of the top females in the company. So they're not going to do face face at Mania. You have to have a heel, and you can see Asuka doing all the the voodoo that you do so well. Um, you know, and she brings out all of this, and you know, she's trying to cut promos, but the lights are flickering, and you know, all this hocus pocus. Yeah, I can see it working really well. And they did Asuka dirty in terms of losing a streak. She has, and you know, she's she hasn't really had a good streak at Mania. You, you know, she lost to Rhea Ripley last year as well, or the year before. So I think it is the case that. You know, Triple H is in charge. Asuka was a big project in the Triple H regime. I think it's only right that Asuka wins. All right, Jamie. 
Yeah, it's all pretty obvious. Asuka's winning it all. Well, I mean, we're we're all going very similar with these predictions. So when, well, it's like when Dan Le- said at the start, it's a pretty pretty straightforward, predictable pay per view. I mean, it is, but you know, I'll come out of it on top because of the no <laughs> match Bobby Lashley brought Lesnar. Um, moving on to the oh. second then of the two elimination chamber matches. This time for the WWE United States Championship, we have the champion. Austin Theory defending against against Seth Freakin slash Seth Franklin, Franklin. Rollins, <laughs> Johnny Gagano, Bronson Reed, Damien Priest, and Montez Ford. Interesting one with Montez Ford on this one. Nice to see that they're giving him a bit of well, not singles action. Obviously, there's five other competitors, but you know, breaking away from the the tag team side of things. Um, who do I think will be the last two on this? The last two will be Seth Rollins and Austin Theory. And Austin Theory is going to walk out still the United States champion because, oh, do I say it? Logan Paul is going to appear somehow in the match and cost Seth Rollins the match to set them up against each other at WrestleMania. I don't know if that's going to happen. I just, that's how I would do it. Um, It's probably more likely to happen on a Rory gets called out. I'm just trying to think of how Austin Theory chicken shits himself the way to win, to retaining the title. Because I do think he's going to walk out as the champion. Um, but how do you do it, like, with his heel persona without him, you know, effectively cleanly pinning or submitting Seth Rollins? Um, so, yeah, I'll go with that. But either way, Austin Theory walks away, Joe, as still the United States champion. Yeah, um, I don't think Austin Theory is retaining because heavy rumour is it's going to be Austin Theory versus John Cena at WrestleMania. And I don't think you need the West it Championship. It doesn't need the title, no. It doesn't need the title. And same as you, Taron, the heavy rumour is, is it's going to be um, Seth Rollins versus Logan Paul at WrestleMania. Again, doesn't need a title. So everyone else who's in that elimination chamber, I'd actually put on somebody like an underdog like Johnny Gargano because all of the champions are pretty much heels. Like, you know... Gunter is the intercontinental. He's a heel, obviously. Roman Reigns, biggest heel of the company. Like, you need you need a good like plucky underdog intercontinental champion. And like, who's the biggest underdog in that match? Johnny Gargano. And I think people would really pop for him because he's just like he's been like knocked down so many times, and he hasn't won anything, and he just hasn't done anything. I think he will surprise people in this match. So I'm gonna. I know it's a bit of an out there one, but I'm gonna go Johnny Gargano. I, still, I think it's a good shout, though. Uh, I'm still sticking with theory myself, but he needs something Gargano doesn't need because we, we spoke about the fact of the rumble. His pot wasn't very big, and he's, he's a bit mm, on raw, and he's kind of lost in the struggle to an extent. He needs something, it. yeah. yeah. Um, I'm wondering whether or not, though, that something might come at Mania if maybe somebody else picks up the title and then there's some sort of like multi-man match at Mania for the US title, like a ladder match, since he's like throwing these ladder matches together at Mania, and maybe he has a WrestleMania moment by picking it up then. I don't know, but I think that's a pretty, it's a pretty good shout. Dan? 
Yeah, I think in terms of the United States Championship, I mean, with the Intercontinental title as well, they were defended it last year's WrestleMania. So really, it doesn't really matter who has that belt if they have feuds going into WrestleMania. You know, if Seth Rollins had the belt, he technically could put it on the line against Logan Paul, but it's not going to happen. Logan Paul's only really going to wrestle two or three matches a year, big shows. Um, in terms of theory, if he is the US champion, it doesn't really matter if he has the belt. You know, it, yes, it can be for the title, but realistically, Cena's going to go over in that match to put over the new blood. So I don't think the championship itself has any sort of influence in those two matches happening. Maybe those matches are still going to happen in terms of like Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royals. I think they're the sort of things that will get somebody onto the next plateau and the next level. You can see someone like a Bronson Reed or um, a Gorgano winning that. But in terms of this match, I think it is quite easy to call. I do think that Austin Theory goes and wins the uh, Chamber match. You know, he had, a, he had a good show in last year, um, but he was dominated by Brock Lesnar in that match. So I do think that they're trying to build a star for the future and he'll end up winning. Um, but I do think, he, you know, you can see it happening. He goes on Raw then the following night or a week later and he goes, the, the champ is here. You know, if you want it's some, come get some. Yep. Yeah. And then Cena comes out, big pop, and that's what sets up. Or he comes on the trial and goes, yeah, I'm the real champ. I'm challenging you at Mania. He could, you know, six weeks until Mania, he could drop the belt in a random match. You know, Cena's music randomly starts playing and Gorgano beats him with a roll-up. But I do think it'd be Theory on Gorgano as the final two. And I think Theory ends up walking away with a strong win, help build the heel character. I mean, we mentioned that the title, like you said, Joe, the Cena theory match, if that is what's going to happen, it's heavily rumoured, happens to me, it doesn't need to be for the title. It doesn't need to be, but there's no reason why it can't be. And as long as theory retains, we've said this before, there's no reason why Cena should. If anything, I think if the title is on the line, it absolutely points more to the fact that theory will walk away with the title because Cena ain't sticking around for any type of longer programme unless he suddenly drops it somewhere on Raw the next night. But right, you're locked in there with Theory. Jamie. Yeah, I mean, Dan's pretty much on fire tonight. I'll give him that. Um, very exactly the same what he said. Um, it is going to be Theory that's going to win it. I, I do think their WrestleMania match might even have the title on the line because... Um, obviously, John Cena is a 16-time world champion, but what belt do you synonymize John Cena with? Besides that, is the US title. So what better way to have right. arguably the greatest US champion history, John Cena? In versus, WWE. In WWE, of course, yeah. But like I said, he's synonymous with that US belt. So why not have Austin Theory defend and beat him with that belt on the line? just makes perfect sense or like i said he could lose it on a random raw uh because john cena's music hits or something like that um there is a big road to wrestlemania that anything can happen Uh over those other six weeks but yeah to retain the title i mean we might even see john cena at the chamber who knows but yeah theory will retain Eight down. Right. Down. Down. right. I almost feel like it's a bit of a foregone conclusion even talking about this match because I defy anybody to pick anybody but Reigns. Um, let's have a discussion about it, though. But just for simplicity, I assume all four of us are picking Roman Reigns to walk away with the title. Yep. Yeah. Right. OK. 
I'll take Jamie Sanders, yes, because I know he's going to go. Well, I think I say no. He's he's having rains, and I'm writing it down before he gets a chance to say anything. I haven't said anything yet, so you can wait. But okay. Yeah. You I'm have your discussion, and I'll give you my answer. <laughs> right. Well, it's Roman Reigns. That's a discussion, isn't it? It's going to be an emotive match. Like you say, the the crowd behind it all. He's going to get so many close shots. They're going to absolutely milk it with the near falls in the last five minutes or so of the match to the point where, you know, where they have these near falls where the the referee's hand is basically down on the mat for the three count and, and an arm lifts up and Reigns is going to kick out. It's going to get that close. Um for me, ultimately, I think Kevin Owens is going to come down and try and help Sami Zayn take the title, or, or at least not necessarily try and help Sami Zayn take the title, but get the title off Reigns. Um, which of the Usos is it that Khan... Jimmy. Is Jimmy the one that turned his back? No. So Jay, basically, how are they going to do it? Is Jay Uso will be there? And Sammy will think, oh, he's in my corner. Yes. Uh, he's right, ultimately okay. going to kick him in the face. And of that's course, what's going to end the match. Right. And that's what I was going to say. I was making sure it was the right match. Yeah. Because I was going to say, if it's if it's him that walked off and then he's not going to be in the event anyway because of DUI, you know, I always get mixed up with the Usos. But yes, that's exactly what's going to happen. Owens will be involved. Oops will be involved. Ultimately, Reigns is successful. There'll be no triple threat at Mania. There'll be no whatever. Interesting to see whether or not they might do something at Mania with splitting the titles one on, like they were going to originally with potentially the Rock on one night, that type of thing. Obviously, we know that's not going to happen. If there are shenanigans, potentially there could be a rematch between Zayn and Roman Reigns at Mania on one night, but then he's only going to, that would be on the Saturday night. They'd leave the Cody Rhodes match till the Sunday, and he's not going to lose to Sami Zayn before he loses to Cody. If indeed he's going to lose to Cody, so they're not going to do that. So I don't know. That's a difficult one. But what's not difficult is saying that Roman Reigns is going to retain the title on Saturday, Joe. Yeah, I mean that atmosphere in Montreal. I mean, I, I mean, I would love to. You know, I know it's a hell of a flight, but to be there, like when Sami Zayn, like the hometown boy, like. The atmosphere will be electric, and I can imagine it'll be really, really loud. And as you've said, Aaron, there'll be lots and lots of near falls. But I agree with what everyone's saying. I think this is a match with heavy interference. You know, Kevin Owens, when one of the bloodline, you know, um, uh, Jey Uso, and maybe Solo Sokoa. You know, it will be very close. It will be like, oh, you know, what does he have to do? But ultimately, you know, Robin Reigns, he is in God mode, you know. Sami Zayn has told a really good story, you know. He's been one of the most popular things on Raw. He's so over. He's such a good baby face now. Like the fans love him so much that yeah, it would be good for him to have the the universe title. But you know, the ultimate story is Cody versus Roman at WrestleMania. Sami Zayn is kind of like a side distraction, maybe. It was Sami Zayn could do something else. It probably, it, I, the rumour is it's going to be Sami Zayn versus, and Kevin Owens versus you, so it's a WrestleMania, so he could go do that now. Dan? Yeah, that's pretty much my thoughts. It's going to be uh, the tag titles on the line, but as I mentioned, it's going to be Jey Uso's going to be there. Who's his allegiance with? Um, obviously, it's with 
Roman Reigns, the bloodline. And then it's like, you could have been my use, you know, we, we could have been unstoppable. And it sets up the tag match. I think that tag match will probably main event night one WrestleMania. And then Cody versus Roman will main event the second night. I think it writes itself, to be fair, and Roman Reigns retains. Right, come on then, Jamie. What's this <laughs> shite you want to spout out now? Yeah, um, it's predictable, isn't it? Roman Reigns traditionally is going to win. But just, we were talking about the greatest moments in wrestling history before and the greatest pops and all of that before. If, and it's a big if, he does win. Surely it would go down in one of the greatest moments in Canada for Sami Zayn to win. Oh, it would absolutely, but you... and story. You think yeah, logistically, storyline-wise, they've been telling this story for what a year, possibly even longer. They've built up to the moment, obviously, with Sami Zayn being there to have it pay off with a tag team match at Kevin Owens at WrestleMania against the Usos. <laughs> isn't the grand payoff of it all. If you wanted to book it right, you would book Sami Zayn to beat Roman Reigns because you could even say he had the inside scoop because he's been with Roman Reigns for so long so he knew his weakness kind of thing. But literally, if Sami Zayn wins this match, it would be one of the greatest moments in history. And I want to hold out hope that they will pull the trigger like they should have done with Drew McIntyre at Clash of the Castle. They should have done it in his hometown. It's Sami Zayn's hometown. You've got Daniel Bryan in Yeslemania. That was never supposed to happen. It's his moment. I am going Sami Zayn. But, uh, don't be stupid. Are you actually? I am. Honestly, I just... Right. Hey, you want to give his points away? Hey, I've won two years in a row. It's time to give someone else a chance. Well, there we go. Well, look at, I want it on this, record. look at Liverpool this season, you know. Well, I, we want, right. I want to well, go on record in. and back my boy, Sam. They're Zane. locked. They're locked. The predictions are locked. And we look forward to this Saturday's premium live event, Elimination Chamber. Right. Speaking of giving somebody else a chance, it's time to finish with our weekly quiz. And it's to no surprise that so far this year I am winning the quiz. <laughs> it's a very league. big surprise. It is. Well, not for long. I'm on two points. Jamie's on one, Joe's on one, and Dan's on one. So between three of you, one of you is going to win tonight and join me at the top of the table. <laughs> so talk about giving somebody else a chance. I've I've got to do it. I, it's my turn for the quiz. Who's is it next week? Is it you, Jamie? No, it's good. Oh, it's Dal Good. I'll win next week then. So. Here we go then. The quiz to finish the show. It is 10 questions. And of course, we've got Elimination Chamber coming up this week. Oh. So I thought, I know you'll all have a look at the Elimination Chamber. So the quiz is not on the Elimination Chamber. But what are we celebrating today, Joe? 100 episodes. The 100th episode. It's our anniversary. So this quiz is about anniversaries in wrestling. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> so this can be anniversaries of shows, events, people. Here we go. And it's in wrestling. It is not just WWE. Because we're not just a WWE podcast, even though the majority Good. of it is. So, question one. The 15th anniversary of Monday Night Raw was held in December 2007 
where there was a ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Who won it and walked out as Intercontinental Champion? There we go. Question two. At which year's TNA Slammiversary, you can see how I've got that in the anniversary quiz, at which year's TNA Slammiversary was the TNA slash Impact Hall of Fame first announced where Sting was announced as the first inductee? So which year Slammiversary was the Hall of Fame announced with Sting? Question three. How many matches took place on the 10th anniversary of SmackDown special episode in 2009? Question four. In what year was Paul Heyman's ECW founded? Look at all these your faces. Question five. AEW's first anniversary show saw then TNT champion Cody Rhodes defending the championship against who? Who did Cody Rhodes defend that TNT championship against oh, in the first oh, anniversary show? show. The first uh, anniversary it show. It, yes, he will have been a dynamite, <laughs> but it was on their first anniversary show. Question six, a multiple choice question. TNA's first anniversary show had an attendance of what? A thousand people, five thousand people, or ten thousand people? TNA's first anniversary show. Question seven. Raw is XXX. So Raw's 30th anniversary show, which happened this year in January. Broke what WWE record? Question eight. Who celebrated their seventh wedding anniversary on the weekend of WrestleMania 30? <laughs> Your faces. You'll kick yourselves out, please. They're quite obvious when you think about it. Can you repeat number seven again for me? I, I can. At the 30th anniversary of Raw, so the 30th anniversary of Raw episode, broke what WWE record? Right. And question eight, which I just said, was who celebrated their seventh wedding anniversary on the weekend of WrestleMania 30? Cool. Question nine. How many televised weddings have there been on WWF slash WWE TV? So it doesn't have to have gone all the way through. It could have ended in disaster before the You May Kiss the Bride. But how many wedding ceremonies have there been televised? Do we have three, on... three options or is it closest gets a point? Of course you don't. Pick a number. I think that was the thing as well. We were talking about uh, great moments. Obviously, we mentioned Bischoff and the three-minute warning as well, but... It doesn't matter if it's been three years, three, <laughs> or three months, minutes. or three minutes. Wait, Wait a, minute. a minute. Did I just hear myself say three minutes? Talk about the biggest shocks in wrestling history right there. It when is he true. Remove that face mask. It is true. Right. And are you ready for question 10? 
Oh, yeah. So the first question I asked you was about the 15th anniversary of Raw from December 2007. On the same episode, there was a past Raw Superstars Legends Battle Royal. Name all the participants of the Battle Royal and a bonus point for the winner. So I'll tell you how many there were. There were two, three, four, six, seven. There were 17 people in the match, so I'll give you a few minutes. You can write them as we go through the answers as well if you want to. But I want a list of who they were, as many as you can get from the 17, and who won the match. You said Raw 15th. It was the 15th anniversary of Raw. That yeah. is correct. It had some old favourites in there. It did. It certainly did. Right. So whilst you're writing your answers, I am going to go through the questions just so it doesn't leave our listeners in dead air. So they are actually going to be getting to listen to some quality content rather than me breathing down the microphone. So we had the first question, the 15th anniversary of Raw. From December 2007, the ladder match for the Intercontinental Championship. Who won it and therefore walked out as the champion, Dan? Dolph Ziggler. Joe. Liz. Jamie. Jeff Hardy. It was Jeff Hardy, a point <laughs> to Jamie. Jesus, I actually thought I got that one wrong. <laughs> Which TNA Slammiversary event from what year? was the Hall of Fame first announced with Sting as the first inductee, Joe. 2008. Jamie. Uh, 2011. Dan. 2015. The answer was 2012. Oh, for God's sake. How many matches took place on the 10th anniversary edition of SmackDown in 2009, Jamie? Um... One. Joe. Ten. Dan. Two. Four. Oh, God's sake. Dan, in what year was Paul Heyman's ECW founded? 1995. Joe. 95. Jamie. 92. 92, another point for Jamie. Dan, AEW's first anniversary show... Cody Rose defending the TNT Championship against who? Darby Allen. No, it was for Joe, but there you go. Darby Allen, Joe, have you got a guess? Sammy Guevara. Jamie. Sammy Guevara. Orange Cassidy was your answer. (laughs) Fuck's sake. (laughs) (laughs) I got the AEW question. (laughs) <laughs> Jamie, TNA's first anniversary show had an attendance of what? A thousand, five thousand, or ten thousand? A thousand. Dan. Thousand. Joe. Thousand. A thousand is the answer. I haven't even marked which ones I've got right yet. For God's sake. Um I think you got like three, I think. Um right, thirtieth anniversary of Raw that took place this year. Dan, what record did it break? Longest one in show. Joe? Most streamed. Jamie? Um, biggest 
gate. Is that what it's called? You know, where they take the most money from the audience. I will give you the point, Jamie. It was the highest grossing gate in Raw history. But since you more or less said biggest gate, yes, you can have the point. Um, Back to you, Joe. Who celebrated their seventh wedding anniversary on the weekend of WrestleMania 30? Undertaker Michelle McCool. Jamie. I went for Triple H and Stephanie. <laughs> Joe. You mean Dan? Uh, sorry, um, Dan. Yeah, I went for the same as Jamie, Triple H and Stephanie. Daniel Bryan and Brie Bella. Oh, God. Oh, God the, 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 the wrestling <laughs> domainery won the title. How many weddings have there been on WWF slash WWE TV, Dan? 28. Joe. Jamie. I went quite low and just went 14. Jesus. <laughs> there has been 12. Oh. oh got a point. <laughs> Paul Vashon and Opelia, Uncle Elmer and Joyce, Randy Uncle Savage Elmer. and Elizabeth, Stephanie McMahon and The Undertaker. Let's not forget that. The Unholy Ceremony. Stephanie McMahon and Test. Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Stephanie McMahon and Triple H. Again, after they got divorced, and we're doing it again. Billy and Chuck, that one. Um, Al Wilson versus uh, versus Al Wilson and Dawn Marie. Al Wilson. Kate Lita, Edge and Lita, Teddy Long and Crystal, um, and Edge and Vicky Guerrero. There you go. What about um, Indy Hartwell and Dex Loomis? On WWE TV, not NXT. Oh, well, there you go. Yeah. You're it wrong anyway. Right. Yeah. Dan, give me your list of participants and who won the 15th anniversary Raw. Pass okay, I've written quite a lot of people then. So, go for it. But I'll go with my winner first. Ted DiBiase. Okay. Okay. The people that were in it, Jim Neidhart, Slick, Brother Love, Doink, Ted DiBiase, Jimmy Snooker, Sergeant Slaughter, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, The Goon, Brooklyn Brawler, IRS, Kamala, Tatanka, Marty Janay. Joe, give me yours. Uh, Bret Hart, Roddy Piper, Chris Jericho, Randy Orton, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, Triple H, RVD, Kane, uh, Jerry Lola. You know it was a Legends <laughs> Battle Royale, right? Um, <laughs> yeah. And Jamie. Uh, Ted DiBiase Senior basically paid to win it. Uh there was Gilberg, my boy, um Gangrel, Scotty Tuati, Rikishi, The Goon, Bart Gunn, Doink, because I use that gif all the time. Bob Backland, <laughs> Sergeant Slaughter, Al Snow and Head, Pete Gas, IRS, Perry Satin, Tatanka, and I've randomly thrown in Billy Gunn, even though he's probably still wrestling. <laughs> you can have a point if you said Al Snow. Yes. Art Gunn. Yes. Bob Backland. I do Doink I the Clown. No, you're going too fast for me to change. <laughs> Flash Funk. Ooh. Gangrel. Yes. Gilberg, friend of the show, Gilberg. Erwin R. Scheister, IRS. 
Jim Neidhart, Pete Gas, Repo Man, Scotty Too Hotty, Sergeant Slaughter, Skinner, Ooh. The Goon, Steve Blackman, and eventual winner Ted DiBiase. It's technically IRS won, but then Ted DiBiase came down and paid him to eliminate himself. And then you get a point for the extra winner. You as well. get a point if you said TV, Ted DiBiase won. So if you named him in the match and said that he won, then you could ask two points effectively. In that cool. So total up your scores. What do you got? I think Jamie's won, but I got nine. That's terrible. I got three. 18. Well, uh, right, that's a point to Jamie. So that puts. I only watched that match recently. That's the only reason I knew most. (laughs) Joe on board and Dan on one. Lovely. Well, we look forward to Dan's quiz next week, where I will be back at the top of the board. Well, what an episode. Thank you again to all of our global listeners, streamers, downloaders, subscribers, whatever you are. Is It's been a lovely just over two years for us all. And um, we, well, I've certainly got no plans to stop anytime soon. Unless, of course, somebody approaches me from a better podcasting platform and says, here is a large amount of cash to defect and join us. Um, but until that happens, and I betray you all, we'll be back as normal next week with our review of Elimination Chamber. Prediction. Terrible. Yeah, we'll see. Dan, just in case people are listening for the first time for our 100th episode and they want to download, like and subscribe, where can they do it? Yeah, they can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are Grapplecast Show. As you mentioned, make sure you like, rate, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. We're also on your social media, on your Twitter, your Facebook, and Instagram, at Grapplecast Show. Fantastic. Thank you once again. Enjoy the premium live event this Saturday. And Jamie, if you would like to sign us off for the 100th time. Yeah, I mean, well, I guess without further ado, I bid you a good night and goodbye. Ta-ra, guys. Bring it back!